Hi there, I'm Adam Young, editor of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and this is The Lead. In this weekly podcast, we highlight some of the big stories impacting Lubbock and the South Plains. I visit with a few of our reporters. We talk a bit about what they're working on and stories they expect to share in the coming days. So let's get started. We're joined now by the Avalanche Journal's uh, government and public policy reporter Alex Driggers, and also a reporter here in Lubbock, uh, Matteo Rosilis again. Um, Alex uh, is up in Perryton, or was on Friday and um, Thursday evening after the uh, terrible tornado outbreak that they had. Um, so how did you end up in, uh, in Perryton uh, Thursday, and how did that day go for you, Alex? Well, I started my day off, Adam, planning to head up to Amarillo to cover a forum with uh, two of Amarillo's state representatives uh, that the Texas Tribune was hosting up there. I was going up there to listen to that and to cover it, and I was getting ready to leave the newsroom right about 5 o'clock when I heard a uh, tornado was rolling through Perryton. I saw some of the images on the television, and uh, my dear, beloved editor sent me a text and asked me if I could go up there and and, and see uh, what was going on firsthand. Understood. And you know, obviously that's about a 90 mile drive or so from, from Amarillo. Yeah. It, it, Perryton is up here in the very tip top of the Texas panhandle. The closest Walmart is actually located in Kansas and that's where I stayed on Friday night. And, uh, I've been to Perryton many times. I've seen what it looks like, um, on a normal day. And after a Thursday night, and that tornado rolled through about five o'clock. It is anything but a normal day in Perryton. I'm, I've seen lots of destruction, buildings destroyed, and uh, it's really devastating here. As you were driving up there Thursday uh, early evening, did you? What did you encounter on the way up there? And when, when did you start seeing uh, signs that something was off? Well, if you've never driven between Amarillo and Perryton, it's a really pretty drive. There's rolling hills, canyons, there's some water features. And so um, that all looked great. It, you know, beautiful. Love to look out the window uh, when I'm making that drive. But, uh, you know, it's a little bit unnerving when you have ambulances and police officers and game wardens passing you with their lights and sirens on going, you know, 85, 90 miles an hour down the highway. And uh, you know where they're headed. They're, they're, they were all headed to Perryton. Um, and as I rolled into town, I was about one or two miles out of town is when we started to see a little bit uh, of signs that there had been a storm roll through. Branches uh, blown over and some power lines blown down. Uh, there were some power lines across the highway that I had to drive over to get into town. So um, that, that was really the first sign. But... Um, once you drive down, you turn onto Main Street, and uh, you really can begin to tell that something has happened here. And obviously, you're in a situation and in a community where they've just lost three people, and you know, hundred plus people have been hospitalized. But you're, you're in, what kind of uh, uh, emotion are you are you feeling from people? You know, what what have you been hearing? Obviously, there's been a lot of visceral emotion as people are uh, coming to grips on Thursday night, Friday morning, with uh, what has just happened. You know, I think the initial reaction is one of adrenaline, and I saw a lot of adrenaline 
on Thursday night. You see people uh, jumping out, uh, going door to door, making sure folks are okay, and then beginning to pick up what they can out of their homes and businesses. Some of them don't have anything left. So obviously a lot, a lot of raw emotion uh, when you're dealing with that kind of thing. Then uh, Friday morning rolls around and it's okay. Roll up your sleeves and get to work. I've seen people uh, Thursday night and Friday as well, saw people really digging in, uh, getting their hands dirty, helping their friends and neighbors clean up this mess. Uh, and if they're not uh, getting their hands dirty, they're helping to distribute water, food. I, I was uh, driving from Liberal on Friday morning and I was behind a truck with a trailer that was towing uh, multiple pallets of canned goods. I saw a uh, semi-trailer unloading water in front of one of the grocery stores to distribute to residents and first responders. I stopped by Perryton High School on Thursday night and saw home-cooked meals and uh, food and water there for residents who uh, were displaced from their homes. So obviously uh, lots of emotion. Um, did see people embracing and crying on Thursday night, trying to deal with uh, the situation here on the ground. But also, um, you know, as with a lot of these types of natural disasters, the community really coming together and having each other's backs at them. Yes, and I know you mentioned some of the support that you've seen pouring in. I know we've been kind of trying to keep up with uh, some of the organizations that are doing that. I know it's, uh, it's early as Thursday evening, Governor Abbott had announced that he was sending state resources there, and United Supermarkets, based out of Lubbock, uh, was uh, planning to get its store back open and uh, ship water and other supplies. Uh, are, are you hearing some others that stand out to you? Yeah, Adam, as of... Uh, as of Late Friday afternoon, power had still not been restored to the city. So you mentioned trying to get the grocery stores back open. That's been a challenge. Uh, but we've seen resources coming in from across multiple states, including Texas and Oklahoma, uh, to bring uh, supplies here to, to Perryton. You mentioned Governor Abbott uh, sending uh, response teams from Texas A&M and from the Texas Department of Emergency Management to come in and help uh, with search and rescue, with um, – cleanup efforts and uh, getting power restored and that type of thing. So uh, lots of state resources and local resources from counties around the Panhandles and uh, around West Texas as well. But we've also had uh, faith groups that have uh, lent support, including uh, the Texas uh, Baptist General Convention and the uh, Southern Baptist of Texas Convention or two that I've seen here. Uh, I've seen the American Red Cross here. They've set up shelters in uh, in the high school and at the Expo Center here. So uh, lots of organizations uh, lending aid as they can. And then, Alex, I know um, it's still a little bit early um, to know the category of this tornado, but have you heard anything from the National Weather Services of the destruction and how why this destruction is in the city? Well, it's not too early, Mateo. We've seen the surveyors here in town uh, today, a group of about four folks from the National Weather Service. They've been driving around in their truck and walking around on the ground, surveying some of the damage, looking at homes, looking at construction to see um, kind of what kind of damage that has sustained and, and if that can give them any clues uh, that are indicative to the category of this uh, storm. The National Weather Service told me on Friday afternoon uh, that they're giving it a preliminary rating 
of an EF2 tornado. So not a particularly strong tornado on that enhanced Vegeta scale, uh, kind of uh, kind of in the midway point there, but still a very, very destructive tornado. And we do expect them to give us further details um, as this develops. And I know Adam, Adam was talking about the governor's response. Are we expected to see the governor in Parrington anytime soon to make an announcement or just to console some of these family members? Governor Abbott uh, was expected to be in Perryton Friday night, and uh, he's expected to make some remarks. And of course, we are we are speaking on Friday afternoon. Uh, the governor is expected to be here on Friday evening to make some remarks and offer his support here in Perryton, but we haven't had that confirmed. And Alex, thank you for uh, for going up there and helping share that story, and um, you know doing what you can to help uh, draw support and, and share that story. Thank you, Adam. And, uh, you know, uh, thank you to our readers and our listeners for making this possible. And, of course, readers can always listen and follow the story along um, throughout the next coming days and weeks as we learn more details about this tornado at Lubbock Online and just keep up to date of what's going on and how to best help um, the small community of Harrington. Thanks, Mateo. Thanks, thank Alex. You. Thank you. Now we're joined by the Avalanche Journal's trends and breaking news reporter, Mateo Rosilis, and our business reporter, Alana Edgen. You all went on a uh, lemur visit last week. Went to a lemur rescue? Yes, we went to Ringtail Ranch, which is sort of Lubbock's unofficial zoo, and it rescues lemurs. There's actually 36 lemurs just a little ways out of town. And so myself, Mateo, and Annie Rice, our photographer, all went out there Friday morning and we got to see some lemurs, some kangaroos, a macaw. It was a pretty fun experience. How big is a lemur? It's about the size of a large cat. The tail is longer. Mm -hmm. And while we were there doing the interview, one of them was allowed to come out of the enclosure and was hopping around and checking things out. It was pretty cool. Um, one of our favorite parts that we got to see was this red kangaroo who's two years old. His name is Pongo. And him and Mateo became best friends. Yeah, he was just following me around. Was always like sniffing my shoes or my legs. And it was just really fun and interesting. How'd you hit it off? I don't know. I just walked into the enclosure and he just came up to me. So Understood. You didn't bring him home, did you? No, no sadly I couldn't. <laughs> so he stayed there. Yes. There's also a baby kangaroo named Sydney. And it was very cute. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we talked about the lemurs that have been rescued. There's 36 there, but 31 of them are rescues. All of them are ringtails. So, like, King Julian from Madagascar. Understood. And so, you know, when you say rescue, the first thing that comes to my mind is, why are they being rescued? Who's hurting these lemurs? So what's the story? Like, how are they um, bringing these lemurs here? What are so, they being rescued Texas from? has very lax laws on exotic pets. And, of course, we're looking in to the post-Tiger King era, we're seeing more of these animals being rescued from people who thought, hey, I could have a lemur as a pet and didn't realize that this creature is an intelligent being. I mean, it is a monkey, sort of, and it has the intelligence of a two-year-old, three-year-old, so it's just smart enough to get into trouble, and they have claws. They are a wild animal. They can be dangerous, and if you are not prepared to take care of essentially a toddler for upwards of 20, 30, 40 years, maybe you shouldn't have a lemur. So Ringtail Ranch 
allows people to give the lemurs the life that they really should have. Well said. And, you know, I think you mentioned one particular case, but like somebody gave their three-year-old a lemur. Yes. And so now that lemur is here. Yes. Um, it's actually one of their older lemurs. And thankfully, the three-year-old was okay. The lemur was not in the best of shape when Ringtail Ranch took them in, but doing much better and is actually one of the few ambassador lemurs that people can go and visit. So yeah, I really like that. Just a neat story. So this is out in Idaloo, right? Or in that area around East Lubbock, East Lubbock County? Sort of. It's kind of just a little bit outside of the city limit sign. Okay. But just kind of a cool local thing happening. Good mission. Yeah. And it is USDA approved. It is a nonprofit. People can go and visit for $15 a person. So pretty available on cost. It is reservation. So you do have to call. You do have to book a time. But it's a great experience. And you get to learn a lot more about lemurs and responsible wildlife you know and money like that you know it seems like you know a nice experience but it also supports a good cause too yes so in the story we are going to be talking to the owner about how she got started and how this all came to be how she's hoping to make this lubbock's somewhat unofficial zoo but official animal rescue that's great and just on a completely different topic, uh, Mateo, uh, this is more of a, a last week's story, but mm -hmm. we'll be seeing more of this person in the coming months and through the next year, this a new Texas Tech student regent. Uh, tell me about her. Yeah, so Steely Smith was just announced last week as Governor Greg Abbott's appointment as student regent to the Texas Tech System Board of Regents. Um, so her responsibility is basically to advocate for all 60,000 students within the Texas Tech System, um, being their voice and advocating for their whatever she sees fit. So some of that in the past has been academics, um, supporting new degree programs across the system, making sure that the schools are collaborating with each other and making acad um, academic programs more collaborative in that and making them dual degree programs. Um, for her specifically, I talked to her about this, she wants to take the mental health initiative. She says that Texas Tech is doing such a fantastic job, so as Midwestern and ASU and the other campuses, but she wants to make sure that students have more access to mental health and, um, resources. So making sure that um, some of these clinics stay open 24-7, um, seeing if they can get funding in any way to make sure that the students feel safe and are always looked after, especially after coming after the pandemic um, and us seeing a mental health crisis, not only in college students, but also in adolescents now. Um, she wants to make sure that we are looking after them and making sure that even though this is the first time they're away from home, um, sometimes in a completely different state or city, um, they feel safe and they feel welcome and they have the resources to be successful in their career. Did you get a sense of why that's a passion of hers? Yeah, she she was talking a little bit of um, just some of her background of working with different pol politics, um, but also from the agribusiness and especially about the pandemic because she did start, um, she is a master's student. So she is in her third degree at Texas Tech. So she has been here since pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. So she's been through it all. Um, and she just sees that everyone is making mental health a priority. And she wants to make sure that tech is still continuing um, to make mental health a priority and making sure that resources are just evenly distributed as best as possible. Thanks, Mateo. Look mm -hmm. forward to seeing what she brings to the table um, at the next Regents meeting coming up in August. Yes. So they'll be here back in Lubbock for her first Regent meeting along with um, 
um, the first regent meeting of the new academic year. So it'll be very fantastic. We'll see a lot of new projects coming up. Um, hopefully get some updates on so hopefully some football projects too. Um, so it's going to be a really big deal. Those here. are always popular. Yes. And then, Olan, I guess later this week, you are going to Plains or the Tokyo area for a winery tour? Yes. We're actually going to be talking to Williams Ranch Vineyard, and they are a vineyard that's based in Tokyo, Texas. The spelling is T-O-K-I-O. -O. Of course. So looking forward to trying a Texas version of the Taste of Tokyo and kind of seeing what all is going to be there. We initially had a story about two, three years ago when it just got started so this is kind of going to be looking back, seeing how they've grown since then and what their future plans are. Look forward to seeing that. Mm -hmm. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. There's a lot going on around our community, and we love your story ideas and tips. So please feel free to reach out to me at ayoung at lubbockonline.com, give me a call, or hit me up on social media. Here's hoping that Week Ahead brings great news and developments to Lubbock in our area. The lead is produced with the help of Avalanche Journal Trends and Breaking News reporter Mateo Rusilis and photo editor Annie Rice. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to a chance to check back with you next week.